Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Well, Pastor Edis, you'd be interested to know that when I graduated medical school, at graduation, we all stood and took the Hippocratic Oath. Uh My understanding that today... There are only three medical schools that still do that so to their graduating good. class. And that is part of the progressive agenda of substituting government as God mm-hmm. for the true God. Mm-hmm. And it is from that that we get the pro- that whole issue of morality no longer being concrete right. but, but wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. That's where that all comes from. Well, and... The higher law concept again. If we if we move deep into that New Testament and we go to the writings of Paul to the Romans, and the Romans were some cruel, cruel people in the things they did. Some of their leaders, I mean, terrible, terrible people. And so Paul writes in Romans 13 concerning government. And leaders in government. And Dr. Dan, you're one of those. <laughs> leaders in government have a moral obligation to rule for the good of the people because of the Christians or those who are God's children through the new birth. And Paul spells it out plainly in Romans 13 that they, and for instance, uh, if I have a problem. Uh, with somebody perhaps they're trying to invade my home, let's say, then if I call the authorities, they have an obligation to God to protect me or from God. And that's how high God's law is. So if we, if we transpose ourselves to look at what's going on in the hub of this country, and I was up there just recently <laughs> looking around again and see that it's a world within a world or a country within a country. And it seems as though that people can go. It's kind of like saying with Christians today, they can go to church on Sunday and they can be real religious or real Christian on Sunday. And the rest of the week, you know, whatever. And it seems as though Washington, D.C., the hub of our country, is there, and they're they're doing all of these things. And I'm not so sure that they understand why they're doing all of it. 
they say it's political. But in my mind, I like to say that the battle is still going on. And Satan is still doing everything he can to blind the minds and eyes and hearts of people to the truth. Because John writes concerning Christ, the truth will set you free. Nobody really wants to be free, but those founding fathers wanted freedom. Well, not to do, let me finish that, not to do what they wanted to, but to do what they ought, to do what was right. And, 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 that's, to me, it's like me as a pastor. If you see me out here and I'm not the same out there as I am sitting here, or I'm not the same out, outside the church walls, so to speak, the building that we refer to the church, but the church is right here, inside. And so if you see me out outside the church walls or out in the community or in town or wherever, and, and I'm not the same as I would be at home, or down at the church building where we gather together, then there's something wrong with that. And so this is, I see this happening all across our country. We're, we're, we're seeing the laws of God just put in a place that, that's antiquated. We don't need it no more. We're more superior today than we are. But you study history, and it tells another story. Well, Pastor Edis, you've you've really brought up the crux of what is the most important discussion that we can have. And that is, is that when the Constitution was written, it was written to uphold God's law. God's law as it applies to human endeavors. Mm -hmm. And that's what they wrote. Everything that they wrote was to protect and secure natural law rights. I mean, that written natural law rights, as you know, that is divinely given, given. to each individual. And the, the whole concept of government was not to make new laws and force this or force it. It was to secure God's law. Absolutely. And so in Romans 13, when, when we speak about obeying the government, the caveat there as I understand it, and you can, Pastor Edis, you can you can tell me I'm wrong, but the caveat there is that the the laws and workings of the government, in order for us to obey them, had to be morally straight with God's law. So the government had to be morally correct in order to entitle itself to receive our obedience, mm-hmm. and if that if it wasn't. When the government departs from the moral, the moral law, it, it is our obligation not only not to obey it, but to rid ourselves of an immoral government. By the Constitution, yes. That's what, that's what the Constitution, or how it reads. The people can change it. Uh, and in the, in the Romans 13 writings, the... Well, let's go back a little further. Let's go back to Genesis 10, where we find God instituted human government. And I made this statement the other week when I had a wedding because I was trying to, I was trying to really place in the minds of the people I was, that was gathered for that wedding ceremony that marriage is a God-instituted thing. So is human government. 
so is the church. Three great institutions. My granddaughter said to me later, when you do my wedding, I don't want to hear all that institution <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so, but it's, it's biblical. Those three great institutions. And as you said, he didn't, he didn't give us human government to make laws. He gave human government to make God's moral law work on this earth. When the church came along, the church, the church itself, the body of Christ, is to work in conjunction with uh, or in harmony with. One cannot be what it should be without the other on a, on a basis of society. To keep a society going in the direction it ought to go, it needs the church, the spirituality part of it, and it needs that human government as well. And the home is the center of all of it. And who, I can't recall who said it, but as the home goes, so goes the nation. As the home goes, so goes the church. And, and when we think about this higher moral law and the protection it gives to humanity, and we try to discard it, discredit it, do away with it. We're doing ourselves a grave injustice. And the consequences are going to be horrendous. Well, you know, Pastor Edis, I mean, unfortunately, the history of mankind is, is just riddled with example after example of governments ignoring God's law True. to the detriment of people mm-hmm. and and the citizens of their country. And one very commonly used example, of course, is the Third Reich right. and Adolf Hitler. And that's an example of a, a duly elected government mm-hmm. that became immoral. Right. Whether it was immoral, immoral at the very beginning or not, we can argue. Right. But it came into power at an instant in time in a moral and proper way. And then the train came off the rails. Mm -hmm. And so here we have an important example of when government turns immoral. Mm -hmm. What are citizens to do? Mm -hmm. We know what Bonhoeffer did. Okay. And nobody listened to him. And nobody listened to him. And so, what are your feelings about that? What, what, is, what does the Bible teach us? What do you suggest that we do when government, and we'll get into modern times, but there's a good example. There are millions of people caught in a trap. Right. How do we deal with that? Mm-hmm. Well, in, in, in the third right situation, and from what, I, from what I've gathered in history concerning that, Bonhoeffer was one of the leading figures uh, who, tried to, who tried to gather together, as you well know, other religious leaders, I'll say, other denominations of the day in Germany, and they didn't want to listen to it. And so there was a, just a small choral group of preachers in that day that kind of came together. And, of course, uh, uh, Bonhoeffer's family came out of the Lutheran uh, uh, 
leadership in those days when Martin Luther did what he did with uh, uh, with his ninety five page thesis and all of that. So here was here was people that wanted to do something, but the way and we see the same thing happening in our country today. He started Hitler started with health care. He changed all the health care. You were talking uh, uh, about the books you'd read by those doctors and where, the, where they, they draw lines as to where life really began, so to speak, and, and where it should end and where you give health care and all that sort of stuff. That's what he changed. Uh, and so if we go back then prior to that and we take ourselves back in, let's say we go back to the times of David, and in those days, there were some wicked kings, did some horrible, horrible things. And I know people like to, the uh, first thing they like to jump on is David because of his immorality. And look what it cost him. It cost him greatly. His own children had turned on him, tried to kill him. Absalom and some of those in those days. And you look at uh, you look at some of the other kings during that period of time, and so they'd moved away from that moral compass, moved away from God. But you had men like David, who hid away in the cave over there of Adullam. And I, I've often wondered, Doctor Dan, what was reckon what David thought while he's waiting? God had already promised him some things, a kingdom. And I'm wondering what David might have thought while he's in that cave. All right, God, let's go after it. Let's go do it. Uh, and so we, we find some examples along those lines. If we fast forward into the New Testament time and we get into the book of Acts, the persecution in Jerusalem had been so horrendous and deadly that the, the Christian people just began to scatter out and went especially into Asia Minor, as far as Asia Minor. Uh, A few years ago now, uh, wait, I think it was, I was in Istanbul and got to look at some of the the places there that that, uh, some of the councils took place in that early church era, a period of time there when they were trying to decide where Jesus was really God or not and uh, made their declaration and their statement on it. And then we come on through there, and we find in the book of Acts, especially people like uh, Peter, who was told, you can no longer do this. You can't preach in Jesus' name anymore. So they made up their mind, and the, the thing that stands out to me in that is that men like Peter, Stephen, some of those fellows in that early church, they stood. They did not They did not go into a state of insurrection they just stood you do whatever you got to do but it's you know we're not going to we're not going to do that so if we have to go to prison we go to prison we're not going to do that uh in in our form of government today while we still have freedom to speak and that's diminishing because the mindset of people today if you call sin sin, uh, then you you're spewing out hate crimes, hate speech. And I'm incidentally I'm writing some articles 
on one of people's most favorite verses today, you're not supposed to judge me. But if we, and they, they quote that verse from Matthew 7. And if we go to Matthew 7 and read the first five verses, and you get the, you get the truth out of that text instead of pulling out a context, you'll find that God expects us to judge. Now, I'm not supposed to judge you, Dr. Dan, as to where you're a Christian and right with God or anything like that, but I'm to, dis- I'm to judge after I've judged myself about matters of what's wrong morally and what's right morally. In other words, and, and I use this illustration in the, I don't know when the sermons will be run, but about four or five parts to it. But if I see you out here in front of the building staggering around, I make a discernment. That's not a judgment. You have the symptoms of being intoxicated if you're out here on the street staggering around. So that's discerning things. And this is where judgment comes in, in my opinion, from what that text is telling us, that I'm to be able to discern what's right, what's wrong. First of all, make sure I don't do that wrong. I'm to take care of me. I'm my worst enemy. I'm to make sure I'm right. Old Edis needs to do what he's supposed to do first and foremost. And then I can help Dr. Dan, or I can help this person, or this person, or this person. But we don't seem to have learned that today. And instead of John 3, 3.16 being our famous verse anymore, it's Matthew 7, 1. You're not supposed to judge me. We're not judging because God's already made the moral judgment. He's already laid it out in black and white. His word is settled in heaven, and it's in black and white. We've got copies of it today as to what he says is right and wrong, and that's who we're going to answer for. And we, we better be right, even the government officials. It's just like myself as pastor. I'll have a judgment peculiar for me as to what I have preached. Have I preached the truth? Have I taught the truth? Have I taught the word of God in all of its purity? I stand in judgment before God for that. A person who's in public office to maintain law and order in a civic setting, he's going to, he's going to be accountable to God. The highest law, God's law. The highest judge is going to be Jesus Christ. Some people say you're not supposed to judge, but the scripture goes on to tell us that the saints are going to judge the angels. So God's given to us the ability to judge, and I think it leans more to the discernment thing. So when I see what's going on in our government, take abortion, same-sex marriage, uh, just blatantly releasing hardcore criminals back into the streets of America is totally wrong. And that's, that seemingly is coming and taking place already. And so, but that we've got to keep focused, I think, as Christians, is that moral judgment. We may not be able, and my wife and I talk about this a lot. She says, well, I pray and I vote. What else can I do? And that's a good question. What do we do? Where do we stand today? How can we? How can we? And I think that. I think one of the things that needs to happen in our country 
is that the pulpits need to become a, a blaze. Instead of trying to entertain people, make them feel good about themselves, we need, we need pulpits that's on fire with the message of Jesus Christ. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Yeah, when I play the hoochie-coochie man, I get joy in everything. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Whoosh.